Welcome to Harbor for the Arts podcast. We are so excited that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to join us. The mission of this podcast is to inspire, enhance, educate, and entertain all of our listeners about the performing and creative art while still being a space where performing and creative arts can grow their craft and learn more about their craft. I hope the conversations that I have with today's trailblazers in the performing and creative arts space and inspires you to do more with the platform that you have. That being said, today's episode is brought to you by 1-800-FLORALS. As a performing artist, we all know that flowers are an important and thoughtful way to convey your love, friendship, or support. So use the link in our show notes and send flowers to that special person today. The performing and creative art space has been one of the hardest hit sectors. 62% have become fully unemployed. Nationally, our sector is expected to lose $50 billion in income in 2020 alone. 79% experienced a decrease in creative work that generated income in 2019. 66% are unable to access the supplies, resources, spaces, or people necessary to complete their artwork or their performing career work. And yet 75% report their artistic practice has been used to raise morale and create a community of cohesion and enlighten the world during this COVID-19 experience within the community itself. Now more than ever, it's important that performing artists have multiple streams of income, including starting a business. That being said, I am so excited for today's guest, Jenny Chavez. Jenny is a wife, a mother, singer, voice teacher, music educator, creative entrepreneur, and is the owner of Sing Pretty Designs on Etsy. Ms. Chavez graduated in 2018 with her Bachelor of Music in Music Education and her Bachelor of Arts in Art History from Arizona State University. She is currently continuing her education with voice teacher Stephanie Weiss, completing the master's program in vocal performance with an emphasis in opera during this upcoming spring. Let's welcome Jenny Chavez to the show. Thank you so much for being a guest on today's show, Jenny. I really appreciate it. Hi, thank you so much. This is It's such an honor to, to just be here with you and, and to be able to tell my story. What made you decide to dedicate your life's work to music and the creative arts? Well, I've always just really loved music and it wasn't really until uh, high school that I was like, okay, I, people make a career out of this. I don't know how, uh, I just know that I need to be singing and I will make that happen and be able to support myself in some sort of way. I didn't have voice lessons until I got to college. One of the most inspirational things that have happened to me is from an artist talk by Isola Jones came to our school. And she said, if this is what you want to do, there will be a space for you somewhere out there and only you are able to fill it. And so I just kind of live by that and continue doing music in any way that I can. I have another question for you regarding how you decided to to major in both music and art history, and especially with the concentration in music education specifically. I didn't actually get into the School of Music my first or second time. It actually took me a third time to finally get into the music ed program. Uh, so while I was training, I was taking lessons as a non-major 
um, while I was doing that, I knew that I really loved art and art history specifically um, based on, on some of the classes that I took in high school. So I was working on that. And by the time I got into the School of Music, I was almost done with a degree. So I figured I'd just finish both of them. <laughs> Smart, very smart. <laughs> and, you know, I love the fact that you shared with us that it took you a few times to get into the music education uh, program. And a lot of people just don't realize that music education or when their child has um, music education classes in school or they sing in the choir, they think, oh, they're just going to music. Oh, they're just going to learn a couple songs. I don't think they fully respect that the music educators that are sharing their craft and their knowledge with their children have such a vast um, amount of just experience and, and understanding how much it takes for someone to even understand the the craft and the art of music, you know, including the theory part of it, um, the ear training part of it. Right. Now, what, what aspect in art history, did you want to go into art history as far as education? Did you want to work in a museum? Uh, you know, I, uh, so at the time, I was really interested in working in auction houses like Sotheby's. Basically, my fourth year of art history, that's when I got into the School of Music. And so then I kind of shifted gears. With your degree in, in art history, so how did you find um, separating art and music and having to focus on both because both majors require so much attention? It kind of worked out in a way that um, it made it easier to do both because I had finished so much schooling by the time I got into the music school. So I finished all of my general eds. I pretty much finished all of my pre-professional art classes. Uh, and so by the time I got into the music school, I was only having to do music specific classes, which was really nice. So I didn't have to do science on top of music on top of art. It was really, I, I thought it was really funny. And even now thinking I would be carrying this huge like 18 by 24 art portfolio and hauling it across campus to the music school. <laughs> I remember. I remember those days and I had a roommate who was an art history major and she, um, I was a music major. And the funny thing is that she decided to join, I think it was like a uh, university chorale, but mm. it would, we'd always joke about how she would have to just cart her big <laughs> portfolio that was bigger than her across campus to make it to rehearsal. And we just yep. always used to laugh about that. I'm like, oh my God, so much stuff. She goes, you, you better be glad. I just love what I do. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that, that was me taking it to choir, taking it to my lessons. I had finished so much core curriculum stuff. It, it was really fun to just be able to like paint and draw and then sing and learn about music. Um, yeah. How has it been balancing your performing artist career, school, and being a business owner? I would be lying if I said there weren't any challenges. It has been so good for my life. Ever since I've had Travis, it just has brought so much lightness to my life and positivity. Really, all of these challenges, I feel like they're just stepping stones to get me to the next thing that God has on his path for me. It was really really difficult. 
my pregnancy was a big surprise. I didn't find out until I was five months, and then he came seven weeks early. It, it was a lot to mentally prepare for, and it was the middle of my first, uh, or sorry, my second year of my master's program, and so I was trying to do school. I was crazy, and I was going to audition. I talked to the director. I was like, I, how funny would it be to have an actual pregnant woman in Swarangelica? Because that's the show that we're doing. <laughs> And he he was all for it. And so I was going to audition. I was going to be eight months pregnant by the time the show is happening. And funny enough, I gave birth the weekend of the of the run of the show. Oh, my God. So, Tell us a little bit more about what your day is like as a performing artist and a business owner. And then also what it was like trying to merge all of that and especially with a new child. Well, this semester is the first one that I've kind of had everything kind of mushed together. So I'm learning new things and, and what makes life easier for me as, as I go along. So I wake up, usually Travis wakes up around between six and seven before usually all of my colleagues are awake. I try not to do any work or anything while I'm taking care of him. I find that like if I'm not present in whatever I'm doing, it makes my mom brain even more mom brainy. And I also want to to just be in the moment with him because he's growing so fast. We have our time together and usually he takes two naps a day now and usually I get like four hours of working time between those those two naps. And so that's where I get as much schoolwork as I can done and as much business things that I can done. But it's really just like utilizing the time that I have with that five or six hours and trying to finish as finish what I can. And if I don't, then goes to the next day. And I've been able to keep this like positivity by just kind of letting it be. I can't, I can only control so much. And so I can control the the, my presence when I'm with my son and I can control the presence that I have with whatever work I have when he's nap. That's kind that's of great advice. Yeah, the day really that I go through. When did you decide to start your own business? I kind of just looked and I was like, you know, nobody has like opera merchandise. I, I want to wear opera merchandise whenever I can or music merchandise or like have it hanging in my house. The person who is in love with it. Like we're, we have this small little world and I just wanted to cater to that world. And so I decided to kind of combine the art and music, throw it in the shop and see what happened. The response that I've gotten. Yeah, and now you've I got like... really great <laughs> reviews. If anyone hasn't checked out, I'm going to have all the links. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more in the podcast, but I'm going to have all of your links to your social media. Um, but when I was on your site, I was like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, she has so many great reviews. I mean, I think it's really oh nice, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, so as I mentioned earlier in the show, 79% of performing and creative artists mm-hmm. have experienced a decrease in creative work that generated mm-hmm. income. How has the pandemic impacted your business? How I kind of look at it is the income that I make as a independent contractor. As musicians, we have like this gig career sort of thing where we don't just do one thing. And so I've kind of just looked at it that way. And if I look at the big scope of things, it's like a lot. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, I also teach private lessons. I went from what, 10 to 15 students to one student. And so that was gone. Teaching people in person with having Travis and uh, my husband 
recovered from stomach cancer last year. And so uh, we, you know, we just wanted to be as safe as possible. And so COVID has greatly affected us in that way. And that was kind of one of the inspirations for having the Etsy shop, because I guess one of my goals was was to have some sort of a passive income because I could make these beautiful artworks and uh, make it once and then I would be done. And so if this were to ever happen again and, and I built it up to be um, something that we could live off of, or I mean, even it paid for groceries the other day. And so like, if, if that can help us, then, you know, it's worth the time and the effort that I've put in. And I love the fact that, you know, I think gone are the days when I was, um, I guess in college and starting out and people used to thumb their noses up at, Mm -hmm. um, oh, you do something else than, than sing, or you're not a real performer if you, if you have another job. Well, I think now people are finally realizing that, guess what? You're going to have to have several streams of income. Yeah. Even with the most popular influencers, you know, they have several streams of income and it's really, really important that um, now I think the performing artists industry is starting to understand that. I know we've always worked, you know, people would have, of course, day jobs or nine to five jobs, but it was always really frowned upon. So it's so great that you are one using your craft, um, you're merging music and you're also merging art and you're using your gift to provide, whether it's groceries, whether it's, you can pay the mortgage, whether, whatever it is, you know what I mean? And I think you are just, I think it's a wonderful story that you tell about how you are creating income for yourself and not just waiting for the next singing job or maybe the next voice student, but you have several streams coming in, which is which is really, really important. What are some of the strategies that you've put in place to shield you uh, from the ups and downs of, you know, the performing space, the creative space? Have you thought about that? Because, you know, life as a musician, of course, it can be up and down only if you're waiting around for that next job. Well, I guess what has helped navigating the ups and downs is is just starting with my mindset. I like said we're I'm still finishing my masters. I'm still working on my technique. For a long time I was kind of just really down on myself, at, you know, that there's singers that are 21, 22 getting into really prestigious things and that's just not me and that's just not my story. Just coming to accept that this is my story. If I want to sing professionally, then I'm going to get there on my own time. I wouldn't sacrifice, you know, all of those things that I've done for for anything because I just appreciate what I, where I am now. Um, so I just really start with mindset that things are going to get better. There are so many people that are just making the most of it. And I think that's one thing that um, musicians are are and artists are really great at is we usually get the end the end of it or like the most difficult part of it and we just make amazing things with with what what we're given that's so true that's it's great that you recognize that that's so true i don't think i've heard it put into words like you just put in but i i think that's really wonderful that's so true i mean we're so used to just you know you don't get paid enough for an assignment or a gig or anything like that but you're like you know what i'm gonna make the most of it (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i think that just comes with the territory i mean but how does the conversation change if we already know and believe it's important 
And so I'm just like kind of going from there. Like there are so many opportunities. I know that this is going to exist because people love opera and people love to sing. And, you know, it's just, it's just going to be there, Brie. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um, what advice can you share with performing artists who might want to start a creative based business? I would definitely advise them to just start and jump right into it. Uh, for my, just starting was, got that anxiety out of the way. And all of a sudden now I had this like living and thriving thing that I could foster. And so I think that ledge of just like hitting publish or listing your artwork, there are people going to support you. If you love to do it, there's going to be people that love and support you that are going to help you through that. Cause I think a lot of it is also that negative self-talk, you know, and people aren't going to like what I have. And I mean, I was definitely thinking those things. I was like, Oh my gosh, are people even going to like this stuff? Is it just like something that I'm going to have? And <laughs> <laughs> well, once you have a kid, it's like, you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> right. And that is one thing. Where that... it could have been different two years ago, but now you're like, you know what? I don't have time for any self-guessing. I've got to put food uh, on the table. Let's go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is very true. Right. Because right. really, I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for you self-doubt. I don't have time for any of this. I need to be successful for myself, for my family, in whatever way that that is. Let me ask you this. Do you have um, any experiences that you can share with us that have been really positive or some that have been really challenging as far as being a business owner, creative-based business, and just kind of living in the time of things being so unsettled? Probably the biggest positive that has come from creating my business is just the positive reactions that people have provided me with, whether that's um, you know, my friends messaging me directly or it, it really just blows my mind that people that I don't know, they don't know me, are seeing my work and think it's cool. <laughs> like that just like blows my mind every day. And so that has been probably the biggest positive thing um, that has come from becoming a, a business person is that just that that affirmation that, okay, I can I can do this. I can keep going. And like a vision of, of what it will grow to be. Uh, the challenge to that would then be it is a very slow process um, because our our niche is so small and what I, and the things that I'm creating are a very specific niche. Um, so I I don't know what's going to come from from my, the Etsy shop and like the business that I'm creating. All I know now is that. I really love the work that I make. I love sharing my story with um, my followers, and and if if that can inspire somebody to create a shop or to continue singing or you know create a project that they share with me because of something that I did, then that's really cool. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that's that's you were so spot on. Um, about the original intention as to why you decided to start your creative business, the fact that you went ahead and started your creative business in the middle of a pandemic and you were like, you know what, I'm doing it. <laughs> and I love that. And the fact that you're using music and also your creative side um, to lay a foundation for yourself that brings in income for your family through what you love to do. And that's the importance um of 
understanding that power that you have as a creative artist and a um, in a in a performing artist as well. Um, so tell us about some of your social media links that you want to share with our listeners. I am on Facebook and Instagram at sing.pretty.designs. Uh, and so you can join me there. I've got my Etsy shop is Sing Pretty Designs. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you so much uh, for being such a wonderful guest today, Jenny. I have a great surprise for my listeners. Jenny is going to give 20% off the entire store by using the code podcast 20. So you get 20% off the entire shop. Um, And I'm going to link everything in our show notes. So if you are clicking the link and you happen to listen to the show, they'll be in our show notes um, as well as on all of our social media links. We're in uh, Instagram, Harbor for the Arts, as well as Twitter, Harbor for the Arts, and of course, Facebook, Harbor for the Arts. And you'll be able to find our podcast on all digital distribution outlets, including Stitcher, including Spotify, Apple Music Podcast, everywhere. So again, all Jenny's social media links will be available in our show notes, along with a link for today's sponsor, 1-800-FLORALS. You can also leave a tip for the show if you like. Um, I'm going to have a link for that in our show notes as well. And remember, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. Okay, thanks everybody for joining and I look forward to all of you joining us again in our next episode.